You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions. Thank you for joining me today. Know God by keeping His commandment. That is what the Holy Spirit shows us here, how we can know God. Many people, they say, well, how do I know God? How can I know Him? How can I recognize, perceive Him who's invisible? It is by the commandment of the Lord living in our hearts and in our minds, which is really a beautiful thought when you begin to realize this, how the invisible God becomes visible in us by His life-giving Word, by the life of His Word, the nature and character of His Word being formed in our character, in our heart, in our mind, in our ways. And it becomes obvious sometimes more to others than even ourselves. And I just am so grateful that we have these instructions from the Holy Spirit by which we can recognize, perceive, and know within ourselves, yes, I know God. I know Him. Oh, what a joy. Here in 1 John chapter 2, verse 3, please, we read, Now, by this we know that we know Him, if we keep His commandments. By this we know that we know Him if we keep His commandments. The Holy Spirit would help you have such a strong foundation of faith that no matter what this life throws at you, no matter how the devil comes against you with deception, you know that you know. You know it. No matter what happens in this life, no matter what tragedy, trial, or prosperity or success, your heart cannot be stolen away from Him because you live in that wonderful knowing that you know Him. When Jesus was asked in Matthew, because this is what I want to talk to you about today, is how you know Him by His commandments living inside of you. When Jesus was asked in Matthew chapter 22, verse 36, how, what is the great commandment? One of the lawyers asked him a question, testing him, saying, verse 36 of Matthew 22, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Now, I know that his... Um, sense of, of significance was in his mental ability to know things, in his mental intelligence to remember things to, by rehearsing, by repetition, by meditation. While all of these things are without question a godly thing to do, it is not the kind of knowledge that God here is speaking to you and me about today. Yes, I personally 
believe in it with all my heart, to meditate upon his law day and night, as David would say in Psalm 1, and to rehearse it within us and bring it back into manifestation by constantly meditating on it, speaking it, thinking, praying it, and so forth. That is, a, that is what, what Salah means. When the psalmist says, Salah, rehearse this, meditate upon this, pray this. And, and that is such a holy thing to do. But there is knowledge that is by the Spirit. And this is what I want you to see. While the two work together, it's the Holy Spirit that gives the understanding. So here in Matthew, Jesus is asked, what is the great commandment? And Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, which we read about in Deuteronomy 6, verse 4, 5, 6, and 7. He says, but the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Why would Jesus, out of the Ten Commandments that we have, you shall have no other gods before me, the first one, you shall not make a graven image, the second, you shall not take the name of the Lord in vain, you shall keep the Sabbath holy, you shall honor your father and mother, you shall not kill, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, and you shall not covet. I know I'm saying it on purpose this way. You shall not. You see, the Word of God, the law of God, has a nature about it, has a character about it. And Jesus embodied the spirit of the law, the nature of the law, the character of the law. It was embodied in his mannerisms, embodied in what he would open himself to or what he would close himself to, what he would embrace or what he would refrain from. It, what, it attracted to him the fulfillment of its command and repelled from within him, shunned, I like that word, shunned from within him that which contradicted. And I believe in this with all my heart. You see, it says here in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 10, but this is the new agreement, the commandment, that I will the covenant that I will make with the people of Israel, says the Lord. Listen closely, it's the Living Bible, but I like the way it says it. I will write my laws in their mind so that they will know what I want them to do without me even having to tell them. And these laws will be in their heart so that they will want to obey them. I will be their God, they shall be my people. No one then will need to speak to his friend or neighbor or brother saying, you too should know the Lord because everyone great and small will know me already and I will be merciful to them in their wrongdoings and I will remember their sins no more. Now that is Hebrews chapter 8, verse 10, 11 and 12. And I will encourage you to think on those scriptures. 
that He writes or manifests His living word in our heart so that we want what He wants. And He manifests it in our mind. He brings it into our conscious memory, into a living memory that we know what He wants in whatever situation we face. That's what it really means, simply, to have the Word of God as a light on your path and a lamp to your feet ordering your steps, where the Word of the Lord will show you, no, that's not the way for me, no. No, I'm not going to talk that way. I'm not going to respond that way. I'm not going to act that way. I will not, I will not give an, a response to that. I keep my mouth. That is not my way. You see, friends, we're all surrounded with people who have their own ways. Even the Lord said to Israel in Isaiah 55, let the wicked man forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and the Lord will be merciful to him and let him come to his God and he will abundantly pardon for my ways are not your ways, and my thoughts are not your thoughts. Even as the heavens are high above the earth, so are my ways separated from your ways and my thoughts. And what he's really speaking about is so beautiful. He says, you think that, I, that I'm not with you, that I'm not for you, that I don't provide for you, that I don't intervene in your daily living. But the opposite is true. The way you think is is different than the way I think. I'm with you. I'll never leave you. I'll bring you through. You'll be like a lamb led from the stall. You see, you'll see it there uh, in Isaiah chapter 55. It's so beautiful. You know, we honestly need to see a transformation in our lives, friends, on a day-to-day basis by the renewing of our mind, as Romans 12 says, so that we're not conformed to this world but that we begin to realize what is the good, acceptable and perfect will of our Father for this day. This day, I'm going to walk in the ways of my Father. This day, I'm going to see His favor and blessing. So when the law of God that we meditate on according to David, that we delight in according to Paul there in Romans chapter 7, that we according to the inward man delight ourselves in the law, while we in the flesh nature do not have the nature of it. In the nature of our flesh, we have the opposite. In the nature of our flesh, we see here in Galatians chapter 5. <clears throat> One second. In Galatians chapter 5, we see that within the nature of our flesh, there is adultery. Fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelry, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in the past, that those who practice, who live within that kind of character and nature cannot enjoy the kingdom of heaven. There has to come a transformation. But that is what he calls the works of the flesh here in Galatians 5.19. But we <coughs> who live having the law of God living in our hearts and minds begin to emanate a different nature. A nature that reigns over the sin nature, that rules over it, that brings it into submission to this divine nature 
this beautiful heavenly nature by which we live free from the corruption of the nature of the flesh. Second Peter chapter one talks about this in other places. <clears throat> so go with me for a moment. We won't make it too long, but go with me to where Jesus is talking about the nature of the spirit and the nature of the law living in our heart, what that looks like. By this, you will know that you know me, that you obey, that you do, you have within your spirit, in your heart, in your mind, coming forth my law. It comes forth in you. Jesus says here in Matthew chapter 5, verse 21. Now, you've heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not commit murder. Okay, that is the commandment. What is that? Uh, uh, the sixth commandment, you shall not murder. Okay, and whoever murders will be in danger of judgment, Jesus says. Verse 22 of Matthew 5. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother without cause shall be in danger of judgment. Whoever says to his brother, Raka, you fool or you empty head he shall be in danger of the council but whoever says you fool shall be in danger of hellfire my goodness if you begin to disdain other people look down on them mock them mocking it's inviting hell into your life when you begin to just derate other people, it's inviting judgment. He who judges will be judged. Where you constantly live under the painful charge of the law against that nature of judging others, fault-finding, ridiculing, mocking, belittling, making jokes in a derogatory way, about other people because of, and then you invite even the fires of hell, the destruction forces into your life. And I pray that you hear this. You see, Jesus shows us when the law is written within our hearts not to kill, it begins to restrain us to begin with from mocking others. It begins to restrain us from belittling, looking down, antagonistic ways of talking, critical. Oh, there's other words I can't think about it at the moment. You know, that you have this, this inside of you that brings people low. When the law is living in your heart, <clears throat> it begins to restrain that flesh nature. And maybe you were just born with that. Maybe it's not something somebody taught you. It's just part of your flesh nature. And we all can be born with different, different ways in which sin seeks to dominate us and in, employ us to emanate, to embody its nature. But where the law comes, it kills that nature. It begins to break it down. It begins to restrain it. 
and it begins to bring it into the death of Jesus Christ, where we, through the law, are dead to the nature of sin, and the law is no longer charging us, but enabling us to bear its nature of love that Jesus said. Love for the Father and love for your neighbor. Now, one more. Then Jesus says in verse 27, <coughs> you've heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. You see, when this life-giving power of God's living word, you shall not, lives in you from within. It's no, no, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to look at that. No, I'm not going to look back. Sometimes, folks, you can see things, but looking is different. You see it, and maybe it tries to call you, and maybe it wants your attention. You go, no. What is that no? That is the law living in your heart, not to commit adultery. Adultery is what splits you inwardly. It divides you. Well, on one side, you love the one to whom to be loyal to, to whom you're to be loyal to. But on the other side, you now have given your affection to those to whom it doesn't belong. And you become divided in your affections and that begins to destroy you. Proverbs says adultery destroys you. It begins to eat like a cancer inside of you and it makes you ugly and deceptive and it makes you deceitful and crooked and bent. <clears throat> and friends, there is a law of God to come into your nature by the Holy Spirit by which you may know God's nature and character that restrains you from being yielding, from yielding to it and that empowers you to do what's holy and right where you tell your own heart because the heart according to Jeremiah can be so deceitful, Jeremiah chapter 17. But because you law upon this, you meditate upon this law and you, and you trust him, that law begins to live inside of your heart and there's the fruit of that law that empowers you. <clears throat> No, I will not allow familiarity here with this person. And no, you feel yourself pulled back when there is an affection that is trying to come to invite you into a familiarity. You immediately feel that affection and you draw away from it. You draw away. There is a border with inside of your conscience that is healthy. That border is the light of the law of God upon your heart, upon your mind, upon your path, keeping you from falling into the snares of the adversary and holding your heart in honesty and uprightness and in loyalty to both God and the one to whom you're to be loyal to. It's like me in my loyalty to Virginia. I do not want to have anything within my conscience hidden from that union with her. I don't want anything hidden. I don't want to have anything that I should be embarrassed about, ashamed of, afraid for her to see, to hear, to know, nothing in Jesus' name. That's 
honesty, that's uprightness, that's wholehearted, that's truth. But the same is true in my relationship with God. I don't want to have anything in there that I <clears throat> that I feel. Mm, uh, no, this this doesn't belong in me. I don't want that. I want everything to say, Father. You know me. You search me. You've tried me. You know my heart towards you. And I walk in the light of knowing him through his commandments living in me, coming through me. That's how I can know God. You know, before I didn't have these powers within me, enabling me to be without blame, holy in his love. I didn't have them. I didn't know them. I would, sure, my upbringing would be taught certain things and I would fight against certain passions of the flesh and lusts of the flesh. And, and, and But I couldn't win the battle because I didn't have the power to overcome it. But now that the law is living in me, I know God enabling me. I know God empowering me. I know God protecting me, shielding me, keeping me, restraining me. Oh, my dear friends, I'd be terrified if I didn't have that restraint of God's holy living word keeping me to live in joy of the fellowship with him and to be right towards all mankind in his love. Amen. Have a good day.